0: Everyone, I'm Chase Gillette, and this is the Entrepreneurial Youth, the show where I talk to entrepreneurs, business people, young innovators, side hustlers, and everyone in between about their successes, stories, strategies, and how you can follow in their footsteps.
1: You cannot be afraid to fail, uh, and you cannot be afraid to suck. Uh, and I've heard so many different yes, on different podcasts say the same thing, but it is absolutely true. My first Instagram post was ugly. It was awful. You know, I was using PowerPoint for a long time to design my Instagram uh, posts. My first right. blog article was pretty awful as well. Um, my, my first YouTube videos, the first videos I was making to put on Instagram TV and YouTube. Yeah. They edited poorly. The sound was awful. Um, they were not good, but you have to start somewhere. You have to get those those awful ones out of the way so, so you can learn and grow and become better. Wouldn't it be great
0: to never work again? Like, to be able to just move to the Bahamas and spend hours tanning on the beach. Funny story about that. I, I personally don't like tanning. Um, fun fact, last summer, summer of 2020, the only tan I ever got was from a horrible sunburn in the first week of June. So, I, I personally don't like tanning, but I do like the idea of never working again, and that's what I'm here to talk about on today's episode of the podcast. I had a personal mentor of mine, Dan Cheeks, on the podcast today, and I talked to him all about financial freedom, which is the idea that you don't depend on anyone to make money and survive in the modern world. We discussed a lot of interesting stuff. Um, especially Dan's financial freedom equation, which is his equation of how you get to financial freedom and how you survive without necessarily needing to have a job. We also talked about Dan's upcoming book, which will be be released in November of this year, so stay tuned for that. But before we got into all of the finance and freedom stuff, I wanted to get an idea of Dan's current business standings.
1: So yeah, I can't where I'm at now. Um, I'm 46. Uh, I'll start with kind of just quick personal. I'm, I'm married. Uh, I have an amazing wife, Vanessa. She's pregnant as we speak. And our due date is just a little over four weeks from now. So we are super super excited. This will be our first kiddo. Um, having a boy, uh, So yeah, about a month out from from the due date. Actually, as I look at my laptop here, it is currently April 4th when we're recording. I'm sorry, April 3rd when we're recording this and the due date is May 3rd. So we're exactly a month. Oh, man. Uh, And I live in Denver, Colorado, actually a south suburb just south of Colorado. Um, I've been teaching high school business classes for 18 years. Um, none of which, by the way, except for maybe my first year, have been as challenging as these last couple with with the pandemic. Just a side note there. I mean, yeah. Um, I think we're all looking forward to getting um, to the finish line of of this pandemic. So I'd have to agree. Yes. Yeah. uh, It's been a tough road um, in a lot of ways. Uh, Yeah, I think, you know, when I met my wife about, Five six years ago, we we were she was a little more advanced than me in real estate investing. I owned one property. She had uh, she had two properties that she owned with a partner. Right. When we got together, um, you know, we clicked in a lot of ways, but one of them was interestingly enough around real estate investing. Um, she introduced me to Bigger Pockets, which she had just kind of come across at that time, and we just kind of went all in on learning as much as we could about real estate investing and buying more properties, honestly, even back then. Uh, It was kind of like a one plus one equals five when we came together in that that piece of our our life, building wealth through real estate. Um, And so I learned a ton. Uh, I mean, I, I had a good base knowledge of personal finance going into that, being a business teacher in high school. Um, but I've learned a ton in the last five years. We've grown our portfolio of real estate. We have 15 units, um, variety of different types of units. Yeah, Uh, And I think that might be about it. I think, you know, the chic freaks thing came around about two years ago, a year and a half, two years ago, where I just wanted to, um, I knew how important financial literacy and the, the concepts behind early financial independence, I knew how important those were for young people, including those in my classroom. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I have a little bit of control in my classroom about what they are exposed to around that. But I, I just, I wanted personal finance class to be a requirement for graduation in my school and school district. And that uh, when I approached some people about that, the decision makers, they told me, no, Um, That wasn't going to happen. And so I just started thinking, well, how else can I reach young people um, with, with this information, with this education that's so important. And that's when the idea of the Sheik's Freaks community was born. Um, Right. Started with a very, very basic blog website and it's grown and it's, uh, it's doing so well. Um, And it's just fun to, you know, connect with lots of young people who have, Similar goals and aspirations, just like you chase, and and facilitate and mentor as I can. I don't I don't know everything about everything, but um, it's 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 a pleasure to you know watch young people grow and succeed and and all of that. So that's probably about it, Chase.
0: One of the things that I find most interesting about Dan is his burning passing passion for teaching—not even adults, but kids—how to be financially free. He's out here creating value for everyone around him every day through the Sheik's Freaks Master Group, the Sheik's Freaks Instagram, everything. And I just really wanted to know, wanted to understand where that passion came from. That's what this next part of the podcast is. It's just me and Dan talking about the birth of his passion for teaching other people, of for real estate, for financial independence for kids you have like this deep, deep passion for teaching kids like me financial literacy. And I want to know how that was born because that's not something that I see even in like my own business teachers at my high school. I don't see a passion like that. So I'd love to know how that started, when that was born, where it came from.
1: Uh, Yeah, great question. Um, I think there's probably two pieces to that. I think one um, came when I realized how, significantly someone's life could look if they were financially literate. Right. Um, And we're just talking at a basic level, you know, just just knowing basic personal finance concepts. Uh, And when you look at our society, there's so many people out there who are financially illiterate. I would say, you know, somewhere towards 80% of, of Americans don't know basic personal finance concepts and strategies. Yeah, And, you know, many of them are in in really tough places financially, not surprisingly. Um, A lot of them are in poverty or in very low income uh, situations and are just really behind the eight ball when it comes to um, building wealth and uh, and financial security in their lives. And so that, you know, realizing that over time, I, I think I was lucky in that I had at least the base, the base knowledge of personal finance. Um, but I still made a lot of mistakes, tons of mistakes. So that was kind of the first, um, piece to that journey. And then the second one was when I found the ideas behind early financial independence or early financial freedom, however you want to refer to it, Right. Um, which is, you know, again, I found that, uh, about five or six years ago at the same time I met my wife and the same time that we discovered bigger pockets is the same time that we, you know, came across the fire movement and everything that goes with that. Um, And so then realizing that there's a whole nother level to financial literacy. There's a whole nother um, level of owning your money, controlling your future and, you know, controlling money, not having money control you. Right. And that was kind of the second piece. And when I realized that there was so much, such an advantage to, um, early financial independence, not, not the least of which is saving decades of your time because you don't have to work. You can. Uh, and then, you know, just the fact that I'm in the classroom all day, every day with teenagers, um, you know, I obviously have a passion for working for young with young people. Um, and so it just seemed like a natural fit to say this, you know, this is knowledge I need to pass on to them because it can just literally change their lives in drastic ways. Uh, save decades of time, um, yeah. improve happiness. Uh, when, I'll end with this, Chase, because I know I'm rambling a little bit. But when you look at the, the, uh, the financial illiteracy in our country, which I think is um, an epidemic, I mean, it causes so many issues. Right. If we could snap our fingers and, and just create a blanket of financial literacy across our entire nation... So many things would improve in that instance. We would have um, less bankruptcies. We would have less foreclosures. We would have less domestic violence. We would have less suicide. Um, We would have less crime and and robberies. Uh, and, And these are significant issues in our country, less poverty. I mean, less people depending on the government for assistance right and so the 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 weight of those issues in our country is you know you can't put a number or or a description on it and personal finance even just basic personal finance concepts are the answer to solving part of the answer a big part of the answer to solving those problems
0: this next section is probably the most applicable portion of this episode of the podcast Me and Dan talked about how the financial freedom equation works and how anyone can achieve that freedom. There's a lot happening in this section, so you probably want to pay close attention. Me and Dan also um, talk about resources that you can use to learn more about some of the concepts that we mentioned in this. And I'll I'll talk about those resources a little bit more after this section. I'll also link them in the description for this episode. And I want you to give me the basic outline of what it is Cause I, we, we haven't given a definition to it yet on this show. So I want to get like your basic definition of what financial freedom is. And then I may want to talk a little bit about how someone like me could start on the path to financial freedom.
1: Awesome. Yeah. So for me, the definition of, um, financial freedom, and, and by the way, I, I use the terms financial freedom and financial independence interchangeably. For me, they're synonyms for other people. They're not right. Uh, And so early financial freedom, I mean, for most people, financial freedom comes around the age of 65, 67. They they've planned their whole lives to to reach that point at the typical retirement age, and they do, and then they have a couple decades of the good life. Yeah. But early financial independence, you know, getting there in your 40s or 30s or even 20s um, is not typical. It's not traditional, but it is absolutely possible. So I think that's kind of what we're talking about here. So the definition of early financial independence um, would be, you know, being in a financial situation where you no longer have to work. You can work, but you don't have to work. And so I I break it down to a financial independence equation, which is pretty simple. It's basically passive income plus sustainable asset withdrawal is greater than your living expenses. Right. Um, We can get into that if you want, but that's that's kind of the equation. Once you've satisfied that equation, you are financially free and you no longer have to work. Most, most people who reach early financial independence do work in some capacity in some way um, because they're driven people and they don't, you know, the idea of playing video games all day long doesn't really appeal to them. So they're going to be contributing in some way, shape or form, but generally doing it in a way that does provide fulfillment, satisfaction, uh, or in a way that is of service to other people.
0: Of course. Yeah, no, hundred percent because, and I suppose it's a person like me. I, I have a goal to be financially independent by 21, which is really early, but I think it's something that's a hundred percent achievable. Um, and like, if I did that, I would not spend the next 60 years of my life playing video games, you know, like I are, I, I do love video games. I'll be the first to admit that, but I wouldn't do the next, spend the next 65 years of my life doing that. So Dan, we have that we have your your financial freedom equation, right? Passive income plus, uh, times ass plus or times, I can't plus, remember, plus, 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 yeah. plus gradual asset withdrawal is greater than your expenses. Mm-hmm. Can you explain to me what passive income is? And then maybe we'll move on to pass it to income to asset withdrawal.
1: Yeah. Passive income is money that you receive when you're not actively working. Um, and so I think. The simplest example is if you have money in a savings account and you're earning interest, uh, you are doing nothing, but the bank is giving you free money just for having your money in an, in an account with them. Uh, now, interest isn't a lot of money, so you got to come up with other ways. The other best example is real estate investing, which we've been talking about a little bit. Um, you know, if you have a rental property. And the, the rent that you make is more than all of your expenses on a monthly basis. You have some positive cash flow. That is passive income. If you have investments and they are growing, um, they're, they're appreciating over time, that's passive income as well. But passive income isn't generally isn't there's some work involved. But it's not like a job where you have to clock in, clock out, work your eight hours, and if you're not at work, you're not earning money. Um, if you take two weeks off, you're not earning money. Passive income is different in that, you know, you can be on vacation while you're earning passive income. You can be sleeping. You can be going for a bike ride while you're earning passive income. It's it's coming in 24 seven.
0: Right. 100%. And to the listeners, there's a lot of different ways that you can achieve uh, passive income streams. It's not just rental property. You know, you have stock investing and there's a thousand ways within stock investing and a thousand ways within real estate, I encourage you to go look it up, look into more of this. I know Dan, you have the Sheik's Freaks website. Maybe check that out for ideas on financi- on passive income. All of this stuff is, uh, we don't have, we could spend hours on this show talking about it and then still have 10 more hours to work with it. But so to the listener, go look into that more. It's something that's really important. And really, honestly, if you're listening to this podcast, it's something that you're going to love. So, Dan, can you talk to me a little bit more about this this second set of the financial freedom equation, which is gradual asset withdrawal? Yep. Um,
1: Yeah, I call it sustainable asset withdrawal. Okay. Kind of the same thing. So um, in the FIRE movement, uh, which is a growing movement of people who want to retire early, uh, the main way that they reach financial independence early is by what they call the 4% rule. Um, And we're not going to get into the details of that, but it basically says that if you have enough money saved and or invested, that at some point you will get to a point when you can just live off of that money until you die. Um, For instance, I mean, if if you won the lottery today, you can kind of, I mean, if it's millions of dollars, you can basically say, I don't have to work anymore. I have enough money, cash saved or invested to live off of that for the rest of my life. The the 4% rule is is basically the same thing. So if you have, you know, $100,000 in an investment, say say an index fund or even just in a savings account, sustainable asset withdrawal is how long can you take money out of that before it runs out? And if you do the calculations with the 4% rule, you can figure out what that number is to where you are, you, know, you don't have to put any more money in, but between the, the interest or growth that it will have that we can pretty accurately predict and, and the fact that you're taking money out, uh, you should be able to live off that money for the rest of your life. So the, the, the equation that I use, passive income plus sustainable asset withdrawal assumes, or does I guess it doesn't assume, but it allows the, the FI pursuer to combine passive income and sustainable asset withdrawal because honestly, you wanna be doing a little bit of both. So when you right. add them together, um, that is what needs to be greater than living expenses.
0: Right, and so to the listener, the four percent rule, and this is the generally the figure that people in the fire movement use is if you have a million dollars, four percent of that is forty thousand dollars. It's this general idea that you'll always make four percent on your investments. So if you have a million dollars in the stock market, you'll make forty thousand that year and you're able to live off of that. So it and so it's I mean Dan makes perfect sense to me, and then is greater than expenses. Um, obviously, that's all of your living costs, all of that. Talk to me a little bit about how you can lower your expenses because that's going to be one of the biggest things for people is lowering those expenses. Like the girl who spends three hundred dollars on her nails, she could probably <laughs> cut that a little bit.
1: That is that is such a great example. Yeah, um, there's you know there's two sides of that equation. So the the left side, um, passive income plus sustainable asset withdrawal, is all about increasing your income. Um, the right side, your living expenses, is about decreasing your expenses, um, spending right. less money. And in the Phi community, that you know, we, we use the term frugality. Um and frugality is spending money intentionally on only on things that you value. Right. Um, so uh it's not being cheap. Cheap is very different than being frugal. Cheap says I will spend as little money as possible. Frugality says I will spend money on things I value. And actually I will spend money lavishly on things that I value. If I um, love to mountain bike and I mountain bike avidly most of the time, I, you know, every weekend on the, if I'm mountain biking all the time, then to buy an expensive mountain bike, that's spending money on something I value. That's being frugal still because I'm spending right. money on something I, I'm getting value back from that money, but being cheap would mean, I'm going to buy a bike from Walmart and do the best I can. Um,
0: right distinction. The
1: reality is different for everybody. Like the, the girl in your class who spends $300 on her nails. If you really sat down with her and had a conversation and, and she could honestly say that having really nice nails was something that was worth it to her. It brought her happiness. It brought her uh, um, confidence. Fulfillment, it, all that. Maybe she's in a a profession, part-time job where her hands have to look immaculate all the time. Maybe she's a hand model. I I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, It could be true that $300 a week on her nails is still being frugal. Um, My guess is no, but could be. So, you know, we're we're not going to judge anybody, but we have to look at our own lives and say, am I spending money on things that I don't value things that I, I don't need and I don't value. And if I am, that's what needs
0: to come out of my spending. 100%. And good examples of that are like people who spend too much money on fast food. It's far easier to cook a meal at home and not spend a hundred dollars. It's, it's little things like that, that slowly add up that people that frugal people will will strive to avoid. No, yep. it makes perfect sense. So there there's our equation guys. Um, passive income plus sustainable asset withdrawal is greater than your expenses. And if, you miss out, miss out on any of that, go back and listen to it again. Cause I mean, I mean, Dan just did a wonderful job of explaining it. So once you get there, you're good.
1: I mean, it's you're, you're financially free. You could, you could quit your job. You're good to go. And
0: that's just the thing is being financially free is more than just, I don't have to work. It also gives you leverage because if you're financially free, that means you're no longer dependent on your job. You can go to your boss and, and be like, Hey, look, I don't have to be here anymore. You know, it gives you leverage. It gives you personal satisfaction and freedom. And it's something that everyone listened to this should honestly strive for. And I think you'd agree with that, Dan, right?
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. You bet. You bet. So leverage, it gives you power. It, it really
0: does. So Dan, I love all of that. So as me and Dan were talking, he mentioned a lot of different concepts that would take too long to dive into on a podcast. Uh, we talked about both stock and real estate investing, which are really helpful topics that should be covered in depth el- elsewhere. One of the best books that I know for learning a concrete path to financial independence is Set for Life by Scott Trench, which I can link in the description of this episode. The book walks through all the steps to take towards that freedom, and starting with reducing expenses, increasing income, and eventually moving on to investing and real estate and everything that you would need to satisfy Dan's Financial Freedom Equation. Definitely check the link in the description and get get a look at that book. Dan himself is actually releasing his own book, like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. Um, and as I said, it'll be released in November of this year. We talk about it a bit later in the show, but before I did that, I wanted to ask Dan about how he grew the Sheik's Freaks to his size today. 100%. And so... Obviously, Dan, it's never been a for-profit thing and all of that's very true. I'd love to know how you've grown the Sheik's Freaks because I know that you've grown the Instagram page, the blog, all of that. I'd love to know some of your strategies for growth and how someone like me or my listeners could do the same.
1: Okay. Yeah. It's the, the the community, the the, the public community, the um, the website, social media, that kind of stuff, Um the, you know, the, the engagement has grown, but it's not, um, it's not growing as fast as the, as the mastermind group. Uh, the Instagram has a good number of followers. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I made some mistakes with that in the beginning. I felt that the number of followers on Instagram um, was the most important piece of that social media pie. And so I, I was paying um, a guy to increase my followers. Um, And he did, you know, he, he followed through with his promise. He got, he got the Instagram up to 10,000 followers. Um, And then I was kind of done. You know, I said, I spent some money on this and I'm where I want to be, but those followers weren't really engaged. And so, you know, the followers have have dropped off. They're not um, sheiks freaks. Instagram page isn't exactly what they're looking for, but there will come a point where it'll start growing organically uh, as it should have probably from the get go. Um, the YouTube channel, um, you know, it doesn't have a ton of subscribers, but again, I think, uh, and we might get this, get to this here soon. Uh, you know, I, I wrote a book and that'll be coming out in November of 2021. Um, that launch date, mid November is really where I kind of want to have all the ducks in a row for Sheik's Freaks. So that yeah. when someone comes to the book the book refers them to the Sheik's Freaks community. It's all ready to go. The, the YouTube channel is up and running. It has some solid videos. Uh, same with Instagram, same with TikTok, same with the website, et cetera. I want to uh, see it blow up. And I think it could, yeah. If, if the book is successful, which I obviously hope it will be, um, it's all about reaching as many young people as possible with the options that are contained in the book. Then the Sheik's Freaks platforms could grow Um very quickly now. Now the mastermind group, that private group, which has grown as we've already talked about um, exponentially, uh, that has been you know kind of a, a passion project. I'm on different websites where I come across young people like yourself yeah. who are asking questions, who are answering questions, and I can tell that they're you know high school, college age and that they are uh, motivated, strongly motivated about you know some or all of these concepts. And so I reach out to them and say, hey, if I have, I have this group, um, they're amazing young people who are uh, very much like you. And if you're interested, let's chat about it and let's get you in there. So it's kind of been a you know one at a time growth. Last weekend, I talked to seven, I always tell my wife, there, there's seven um, potential Slack members our, our group operates on the Slack app. So I usually call it the Slack group instead of the chic street smash in my group. That's kind of a mouthful. Um, yeah. so last weekend I had seven phone calls now this weekend I had one, so it kind of comes and goes, but it's, it's growing quickly and it's, it's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah.
0: I I'd honestly have to agree, Dan. So here's my question for you. Cause like I said earlier, we try, I try as much, hard as I can to give actual steps from what you've done in growing your blog and growing your Instagram, what lessons have you learned that you could tell my audience uh, on growing a social media presence, on creating for themselves that god so important digital real estate as we go into the future?
1: Yeah. Great question. I'm going to give two pieces of advice there. Um, Number one, you cannot be afraid to fail uh, and you cannot be afraid to suck. Uh, And I've heard so many different, Guests Some different podcasts say the same thing, but it is absolutely true. My first Instagram post was ugly. It was awful. You know, I was using PowerPoint for a long time to design my Instagram uh, posts. My first right. blog article was pretty awful as well. Um, my, sh- my first YouTube videos, the first videos I was making to put on Instagram TV and YouTube. Yeah. They edited poorly. The sound was awful. Um, they were not good, but you have to start somewhere. You have to get those those awful ones out of the way, so so you can learn and grow and become better. And Chase, I think your podcast is already solid, but you know, if you fast forward a year from now, think of how good it's going to be. Because I'm sure it'll be better. be better. And that that would be my second piece of advice: is that it does not happen overnight. You have to be patient. You have to grind. Uh, Sheik's Freaks has been around for about a year and a half. It's still very very young. The community is is, is new. Um, you know, it is for me, it is a long-term passion project. Uh, I want to sit here five years from now and say, wow, it, it actually has grown into something meaningful. Not that it isn't today, but you know, to think that your, your social media account or your blog or your podcast or your whatever entrepreneurship thing you're getting into is going to be a huge success In six months or even a year or even two years, that's just false. I mean, unless you just hit the lottery and find some need and and you're fixing it and nobody else is, it is going to take time Um, and, and you just have to keep grinding.
0: I mentioned it earlier, and this is the section where I asked Dan about his book. He's been working on this thing for a long time now, and it's shaping up to be a really awesome project. Um, is being released by Bigger Pockets, and the book is a comprehensive guide on how to restructure your financial life as a young person. I've actually gotten a chance to look at some of the book covers, um, but I'll let Dan describe that book in more depth. Dan, I'd love I we're kind of getting towards the end of our time here, so I want to learn more about your book. I want to I want, tell me about it. Tell me everything about it. Cause I've been hearing about it. Tell, tell me as much as you can. Cause I know there's some stuff you can't talk about, but I've been hearing about this book for a while. I would love to know more.
1: Yeah. I can pretty much talk about everything now. Um, the book is going to be published by bigger pockets, uh, which Congrats. is awesome for me. Cause I'm a big, big fan of bigger pockets. Um, and they're actually headquartered here in Denver where I live. So um, I've had the chance to get to know a few of the, guys over there uh so it's going to come out in november of 2021 right in time for the holiday season that's intentional uh the bigger pockets community are mostly adults there's there's some teenagers in there like yourself chase but um the idea there is that uh the parents parents will be buying it for teenagers that they know Um, we'll do another push again before high school graduation but Uh, yeah, the book is a book about early financial independence and it is specifically for teenagers. So it's got a pretty narrow niche. Um, there's not a lot of teenagers who are motivated enough about their financial future to actually sit down and read a book, but there's enough that, um, that I wrote it and, uh, it, it covers some basic personal finance, um, crucial topics like credit cards and credit score, um, and, but then it definitely goes more into how do you start progressing down a journey to early financial, early financial freedom. Um, then what's, what's not been talked about too much yet, cause I'm still working on it. Yeah. Uh, and bigger pockets is on board with this. So the book will be released in November at the same time. There's going to be a second piece to that. And it's going to be called the five freak planner. Uh, which will basically be another book, but a digital version. And that is going to be the checklist or the planner or the action list, whatever you want to call it, that says it's broken up into four month um, increments. And so in these four months, here are the 10 things you need to be hammering on. And then you get to the next phase. I call it a freak phase with, a, with an F get to phase two. And now in this four months, here's the 10 things, give or take that you need to be hammering on. Yeah. Um, and it, it goes about five years uh, and it takes you from high school to your early twenties. And if you follow the, the five freak planner, um, which is optional, I mean, you can just buy the book, but the, the five freak Planner will be available on the bigger pockets website as a digital download. Um, you know, the two together are going to be a recipe for success uh, if someone has, you know, the, the motivation and the determination to, to do it, because it's, it's not easy. It's not easy. It is hard work. Uh, and you have to have that end goal in mind of earning back decades of your time, because you don't have to work after reaching financial independence. 100%, Dan, I
0: love it. So obviously, we're getting towards the end of our time here. So I do have like one final question for you, Dan. Um, so as we were nearing the end of, end of our interview time, I wanted to ask Dan a new final question not, not 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 our old question. the one that's like, well, if you were to give a young entrepreneur two pieces of advice, it's if you could start over from eighteen, what would you do differently and uh we'll we'll just get to it. If you could go back to when you were eighteen and do it all over again, what would you do differently?
1: Yeah, okay, good question. Um, but first I forgot to mention the name of the book. The oh name yeah, the, yeah. We
0: should, probably, we should probably get
1: that in here. Uh the name of the book is first to a million. So I just want to put that out there. All um, right,
0: all right. First to a million people, look for it.
1: If I could go back to when I was 18, I, I wouldn't do anything differently in my life. I think, you know, where I am today, I wouldn't change where I am today. Uh I feel very, very grateful and blessed for everything in my life and where I'm at. Um, so I, will kind of rephrase your question if that's okay. And basically say, what would I tell an 18 year old today? Sure. Let's hear it. What advice would I give them to live their life? Uh, um, cause if I could go back and change my life, I don't, you know, I'd probably be in a better place than I am right now, but I, I, I like where I am right now. So I'm fine with it. So the advice I would give to an 18 year old, which I do almost daily when I talk to young people, um, is to just think, start off by thinking and paying attention to your financial future because 90% of teenagers have, they don't want anything to do with that. They, you know, when they think retirement, that's, that's, that's lifetimes away. Yeah. Uh, and so to be a young person in that 10%, like you Chase, who actually spend some time thinking about their financial future, that, that is step one. You got to actually say to yourself, the, my life is going to hopefully last until I'm 80 or 90 years old. Yeah. Most of that is going to really depend on my, my ability to handle my, handle my financial life. Uh, when, I, when I graduate from high school and go out into the real world, it's on me. And when you're 18, you, know, you might have already graduated from high school, but right in there, you really need to start paying attention to money and how it works and how you can control it rather than it controlling you.
0: 100% Dan and so guys when it comes to that topic of, of control of controlling your money check once again check out the Sheikh's Freaks check out Dan's blog because he has some really good stuff on there like you sit down and you read some of his articles even that's a starting point point. and something that I kind of want to just throw out here for because we're getting towards the end of our episode is that and I, I said this on my Instagram the other day is that one step up a mountain is better than never starting in the first place and so the top, the topics that we're talking about here in the podcast they might seem a bit overwhelming like setting yourself up financially for the rest of your life for the next 50 years it might seem overwhelming but in the end it's it's like it's like all things in life you just need to look into it get started take small steps and if that small steps for you is just getting a job then go out and get a job because there's some people who listen to this podcast who don't have a job yet so mm-hmm. go out there and get a job start saving your money be be smart about how you spend that money. And in, in the end, it all adds up and eventually you'll be somewhere amazing. Would you agree, Dan?
1: I would agree. Get, getting a job is one of the items in freak phase. Number one. Yeah. Uh, baby. Get yourself a part-time job. Um, not that you have to, I, I like your analogy of climbing up the mountain. And even if you took one step up the mountain, that's better than not starting at all. I mean, if, if your goal is to have the best view one step has a better view than zero steps, 10 steps 100%. has a better view than five steps or zero steps. And if it's a hundred steps to the top of the mountain, anywhere along that journey is better than not doing anything at all. So 100%. even if you only take one step, you're still better off than you, than most people who ignore their financial life until they're you know in their thirties, really.
0: Yeah. And, and I'll, I'll just throw one more analogy here in the end. Um, from one of my, probably quite possibly one of my favorite, like entrepreneur figures there are, his name is Tom Bilyeu. Listen to his podcast, Impact Theory. If you get a chance, really good. Um, even if you take a hundred steps in the wrong direction, that's better than never starting in the first place. Because when you take a hundred steps in the wrong direction, you have a hundred steps of experience. And when you start heading in the right direction, you have a hundred steps of momentum and experience behind you as you run towards your goals.
1: Yep. Perfect. So, I love
0: it. So on that note, Dan, thank you so much for coming on this podcast. Today. It was absolutely wonderful talking to you. Honestly,
1: thanks for having me, Chase. It was uh, great spending time with you outside of the mastermind group. And yeah, of um, course, been a blast. And best of luck with your podcast. Keep grinding. Of course. Anything you want to say to my listeners before we end this recording? Um, just believe in yourself. I mean, you have everything you need to start the journey. And take it one day at a time. Um, you don't have to have everything figured out today in order to start. You just have to start.
0: Well, there you guys have it. This was Dan Sheeks. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Dan, thank you so much for coming on here. Talk Thanks to you nice. day, man. Well, everyone, that was my episode with Dan Sheeks. Uh, Dan is honestly a mentor of mine. And he's the reason that I've met so many of the other kids in the Sheeks Freaks Mastermind and has absolutely changed my life. Like this podcast probably wouldn't exist if it weren't for the Sheikhs Freak's mastermind group. And Dan, if you ever get a chance to listen to this, thank you so much. Um if that sounds like something you might be interested in joining, the Sheikhs Freak's mastermind group, definitely get in contact with Dan through the Instagram DMs. All the resources that I mentioned in this episode will be linked in the description below. I do have an Instagram page for this podcast and you can find it at the entrepreneurial youth I'll link it in the the episode of this description along with all of the books and whatnot. But if anyone wants to reach out through that platform, I'll respond to any DMs. Uh, I don't want to pick up too much of your time, so thank you for listening today, and I hope you learned something. It would help me immeasurably if you could think about rating and reviewing the show. On iTunes, you just scroll down and press the the five-star review, and on Spotify, you just have to click the follow button. So, remember guys, consistency creates miracles and I'll see you guys next Monday.